Hello there, listeners. I just want to take a moment to give a shout-out to my Buy Me a Coffee sponsors for this month. Again, they're Shelley Toy of the Point Horror Book Club, Stephen Trigar of the Composer Chronicles by Alexandrian Media, and Gliza of the podcast Classical Adventures for One. These three were some of the first to donate to my Buy Me a Coffee campaign, and I just want to thank them so much for their support. Please be sure to check out their podcasts and blogs. All their info is included in the show notes. But if you'd like to sponsor the show, you can find me at buymeacoffee.com slash DustinCanRead. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen. Now, on to the show. Um, <laughs> how, how's the weather over there? Very hot today. I think it's the hottest it's been a while today. Yeah, it Too got hot. really humid. Uh, I guess mm. global warming reared its ugly head. <laughs> yeah. Finally. I thought for a while it was incredibly unseasonably cool for the longest time. Yeah. No, it has been for a few weeks and that. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe we're like delayed, like our, our season's delayed or something. But yeah. uh, it might have something to do with the lack, you know, less people traveling over the past year. Yeah. Maybe the ozone healed itself a little. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Hey, everyone. I'm Paul. I'm a science teacher from the UK. Um, and today, Dustin and I are going to be chatting about Senator Boys by Aidan Thomas. Um, so it's probably going to be lots of spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Enjoy. So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Welcome to Dustin Can Read. Today, I am joined by my Instagram friend, Paul, to read the Supernatural and Trans-Focused Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. Now, Paul, per your Instagram, you identify as male, correct? He, him? I do, yes. Okay, good. I, myself, am cisgender gay male. Um, Paul and I met on Instagram just a few months ago, at Paul in paperback, if you want to give him a follow. Uh, Paul has very similar tastes to books and entertainment like I do, but yeah. you definitely read a lot more than I do. <laughs> God, not at the moment. Far too busy with work at the moment. Well, you know, <laughs> you did though. You, I was like, wow, yeah, I, no. some I never heard of before. At no. some time, yeah. <laughs> Especially Heartstopper since I just read that one and oh, I saw that you were reading yes. those. They're good, and I'm so glad I, I picked up the you know the additional books. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the yeah, really I can't wait to read them. I just got them the other day. So, anyway, had you heard of Cemetery Boys before I suggested it? Yes, definitely. It's one that I've been wanting to read for ages. So you definitely gave me the push to buy it that I needed. So thank you. Oh, good, good. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, like, I didn't know much about the story when I you know got it. I just knew that it had something to do with trans youth and something ghostly. Yeah. Not really much. So. Um, let's see what this, I'm going to, uh, give it a synopsis of what the book was about. So Cemetery Boys, it debuted, um, or actually came out in September of 2020, and it was written by self-proclaimed queer trans author, Aidan Thomas. 
And the story explores a variety of subjects like the supernatural, the Latinx community, family, including those that are alive and those that have passed on, and what it means to be gay and trans in the midst of all of this. This springs from the author's own experience in the Latinx community um, and being a, a trans youth, it seems. And side note, <laughs> my dumbass <laughs> thought that it was pronounced Latinx <laughs> for the longest time. I was like, what does Latinx mean? I don't know. That's, you know, thank God for the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can look up, you know, the pronunciation of these words, at least when I can find them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was weird. It just came up. I was like, what's Latinx mean? I don't get it. And yeah. like, it's it's written, it said how it's spelled. And I was like, it's spelled Latinx. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it, I don't know, like a really fancy Tinx. Latinx. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Um, so the story, it centers around young teenage Yadriel, or Yads for short, a trans gay boy. And for those of you who don't know or are wondering, yes, you can be trans and gay. Think about it a little bit. You'll get it. It mainly takes place in East LA. Uh, actually, all takes place in East LA, pretty much. Los Angeles. Which, for me, uh, it's kind of familiar because I remember um, Cheech Marin's born in East LA way back in the day. And so I kind of knew that there was a large Latin community over there. So it was kind of neat to be able to kind of explore it in this book. Anyway, so Yadriel comes from a long line of Bruex, which, at least in this book, is a community of natural-born, I want to say, I want to say witches, but that's not what they are. Yeah. Um, they see spirits of the dead, and they talk to them and whatnot. And the Brujos, the males, um, help these spirits cross over before they go maligno which means if a spirit remains on the mortal plane for too long, um, their true essence can be lost and they become wild and feral, causing much harm to anyone nearby. <laughs> on the other end, though, the brujas, the women, they also see spirits, but they are mainly known for healing the living with herbs and animal blood. So because of this, many of the brujas go to work in the medical field, notably making more money <laughs> and being the breadwinners of their household which I thought was just really cool gender shift in the story. I love girl power. Yeah. I don't know. I've always been that way, you know? Um, and it was well before the Spice Girls came out. I loved it. I know that they only gave us the term girl power, but I've loved it. You yeah. know, you know, smash that glass ceiling, I guess. I don't know. So anyway, one night, Yadriel drags his cousin Maritza, a reluctant bruja, to the cemetery church where they perform their kink ceremonies. See, Yadriel is a trans boy, but the cisgender men and women of his community do not believe he is a true brujo. And after being denied so much, Yadriel determined to perform the ceremony himself, so he enlisted Maritza to help. So Maritza has made Yadriel his own portaje. And a portaje, for those of you who don't know, is a, a blade that the brujos carry to help sever uh, spirits' ties to the mortal realm so that they can freely cross over to the afterlife. That sound about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about so it's a you know yeah. simplification, I guess. So, in standing in front of Lady Death, which is uh, the Brew X goddess that grants these powers to those in the bloodline that are worthy, he performs the ceremony with chicken blood. There's a lot of freaking chicken blood in this book. So much chicken blood. It's oh my god! Like, what? What is up with all the chicken blood? Can we not sacrifice something else? No. <laughs> but surprise, surprise. 
the ceremony seems to work. Lady Death has recognized Yadriel as a brujo, and it's very exciting. You know, it's a very exciting thing for true validation from the powers that be. You know, I mean, come on. If you got that validation, you know yeah. that you were meant to be yeah. a man. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this just this acceptance just it just seems awesome. It just yeah. I don't know. It, it, it feels, you know, nice inside. Even though I'm not trans, I feel like I'm like feeling that for Yads, you know? Yeah. So now he has to prove to his father and the rest of the Bruhex that Lady Death chose him and blessed him with this power. Of course, this needs to happen before midnight on Halloween, the start of Dia de Muertos, when spirits of deceased Bruhex return for a short re- reunion every year, including Yad's passed on mother, Camille, who was always supportive of Yadriel's identity. And I don't know about you, but being a mama's boy, a self-proclaimed <laughs> mama's boy, I totally feel this loss, you know? Um, yeah. My mom almost died a couple of years ago, and I found her unresponsive. And yeah. so, you know, we got her, you know, she's better now, obviously, and but, yeah. you know, it still feels like you're living on borrowed time, you know? Yeah. Wow. So I do, I feel this, you know? Yeah. Um, Anyway, so when a teenage brujo, Miguel, dies, all the Bruex feel it instantly. They can always feel when one of their own has passed away. However, no one knows where Miguel is. So, but they must find him so they can sever his tie to his portaje so that he can pass on before Day of the Dead. So against his family's wishes, Yadriel and Maritza sneak out one night and go to the cemetery looking around. And they find a necklace that seems to be attached to a spirit. The necklace they find, which I kind of forgot to write it down, but I'm pretty sure it's a scapula, which is, you know, it doesn't have the Virgin Mary on it. Isn't that what it has, I think? So it's scapula, from what I understand, is kind of a Catholic thing where you wear it and it kind of of protects your soul. You know, it's it's a protection type of thing. Um, So they think it's Miguel, most likely, that's attached to this scapula. And... Yadriel calls forth the spirit of the person who, who owns it and something only a brujo can do. But it turns out it's someone else. It's this kid from school who's a punk named Julian. So I just, I love Julian's character. I just love Julian. Yeah, definitely. But um, <laughs> Julian has this attitude and is very insolent at first. He can't remember what happened to him really, just that he was trying to protect a friend from a mugging maybe. And he must have been killed in the process. So Yads tries to sever Julian's link to the necklace so that he can cross over. But for some reason, it doesn't work. Besides, Julian doesn't want to go right away anyway. He's, no, nah, nah, I don't want to go. He want, He's more concerned with finding out what's happened with his friends and, you know, what's going on before he crosses over. He's really concerned about his friends. They're his family. So from here, Yadriel and Julian, with Maritza in tow, embark on a quest to find out what happened to Julian, what happened to Miguel, and all the others missing in the neighborhood, all while trying to prove Yads is a brujo from before the day, before the dead return on Dia de Muertos. That's basically the whole setup for the book. That's it, yeah. Without giving it all away, you know. That's that's the first few chapters. (laughs) I don't want to give too much away, obviously. But um, for those that haven't read this, but I do want to give context and setup. Um, however, I really, really liked this book. I really did. I was yeah, surprised by how I'm much sorry. I liked it. I mean, I'm pretty much 
I'm pretty good at predicting endings, you know, and I did yeah. predict a little bit of this, like yeah. just a little bit. I went, ah, I see what they're doing here. They're laying the groundwork. Yeah. But you know, it's still, it's, it has more to offer than just a supernatural mystery, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what do you think? Let's talk about the cover art. What do you think? How do you think the cover art really represents the book? I love the cover. art. I think just kind of, if you were out in the bookshop and you saw it, it's absolutely beautiful. I think I'd pick it up without even knowing what it's about. Just Lady Death, just kind of top of the book, looking pretty cool. Just the skeleton with a robe on it. And then you've got the two guys in the middle. It just looks really cool. I think I'd want to read it without knowing anything about it. Which It looks like an animated movie poster almost. Yeah, it does. And they shouldn't judge a book by a cover, but I did and I liked it. So I, I judge book <laughs> by the covers yeah, all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, All the time. So you got to have a good cover, I, I believe. Exactly, yeah. Grab my attention. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's the point, right? Um, so which do you prefer supernatural stories or stories with LGBT plus representation? I really love a bit of both at the moment. I've definitely been into more of the kind of real and then with a lot of the kind of LGBT themes. Um, I went through a really big kind of supernatural, um, kind of fantasy and kind of dystopian period um, of reading. Um, Ooh, quite a few years ago, so I do ah, love it. So we go about 10 years ago for that one. Uh, no, but I love love both of them. So kind of hearing about this book, I really thought it's going to be a combination of everything that I really yeah. like. So I've been really looking forward to reading it for, for quite a while. And it, it didn't disappoint. It was fantastic. I really liked it. So yeah. thank you uh, again. For... I tend to I'll, – I'll, the reason why I love this, I love this even more because, I don't know, the, the queer representation, like – it's like secondary to me. I don't know. I, I'm more into the story. I don't care about, yeah. I, I mean, I do care about representation. Obviously I do. I want more stories out there available to people. Yeah. But for me personally, I'm like, I want to know a really cool story. Now the sexuality <laughs> or the gender or whatever of the characters really doesn't mean much to me as long as the story is really cool. But if they yeah. can add that representation or even race, you know, whatever um, representation in there and make it relevant or make it feel organic, like it, it's meant to be there without yeah. it being overdone. Like, hey, look, gay, gay, gay or, you know, trans, 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 or, you know, whatever. It, it feels, I don't know, it just flowed better. I thought it yeah. flowed very well as far mm -hmm. as like definitely. without it having to be too preachy, if that makes yeah. sense, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um. So, okay, this is a weird question, but <laughs> so supernatural wise, yeah. have you ever tried talking to the dead, like a seance or, the, or a Ouija board, or have you ever been haunted, anything like that? No, I've never tried to talk to them. I've never, well, I don't think I've seen a ghost or supernatural encounter or anything like that. Uh, I think I probably believe in it, but I don't really know. I'm not really. So you ever, no. not even as a kid, you never, you know. No, no, I, like, I've never seen anything or anything weird. It's just, but like you hear a lot of stories of people that have. So I feel like there's probably something there for all these people to be having similar kind of things. But no, I've never had any encounters that I know of with. <laughs> well, I know, like, well, as a kid, like, you know, you would go to a friend's house for a sleepover or a, a birthday party yeah. or something. And maybe you were there at night and maybe you got around and you're like, hey, did you get, you know, tell ghost stories or, you know, like some people we always had somebody always had a Ouija board or something. Not all the yeah. time, but we would do that. And that would don't play with Ouija boards, people. It's freaky. <laughs> don't do it. 
because no, somewhere it takes a never. dark turn usually <laughs> and you have to guess whether or not somebody's actually moving it yeah. or yeah no but no, right, okay so, <laughs> so this takes place around halloween time are you a big halloween fan um i don't mind halloween it was more in my uni days when we'd all dress up and you'd go out somewhere like as a child it wasn't really i don't think it was as big in the uk when i was younger as it yeah. i imagine it is um in america i imagine it's a big thing over there in my mind whether it's not oh yeah we totally went trick-or-treating all that stuff you see on tv and from what i understand yeah you guys don't really do that like that's kind of sad to me (laughs) yeah it's so fun it's becoming more of a thing i think people like decorate and go out now more but when i was back in the 90s it wasn't really done but see when we were at uni and you was like going out you dress up and go to bars and costume parties whatnot yeah yeah, that's yeah, so cool. kind of, but yeah. Well, you should take a trip over here in October sometime. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and see how it works. Proper Halloween's like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Um, have you ever like, you haven't carved any pumpkins or anything like that before? I don't think I actually have actually, which is sad because that sounds like a really fun thing to do. It is. It's gross I'll though. I'll actually do that this year, yeah. <laughs> it is very gross. Like you can get it all in your fingernails and... Yeah, one year me and my housemates did like a Halloween party. I remember we bought a pumpkin and we made pumpkin pie. And so I feel like we must have then carved the pumpkin out. So I feel like I probably have at some point in my life. Yeah, if you're going to have a Halloween party and you have a pumpkin yeah. and you hollowed it out, you might as yeah. well <laughs> you put a face on it. <laughs> but then just threw it away. <laughs> no, I'm sure we did. Yeah. They have a lot of products nowadays that you don't actually have to carve a face. Either they want you to paint on it instead wow. or they have these little, I don't know if you have these, but kind of like mr potato head like you pop some eyes on you know little plastic eyes or smile and you know i don't know if they do this on trees over there do they ever do that on trees i've never seen it no really there's this thing i don't know if they'd really do it as much now but they have these products and you go to the store just at random you might find them especially in gardening stores or like you know um and they'll have like eyes, but they like the eyelids look like tree bark and like the smile looks like it made a tree. So you're supposed to like stick them in a tree to make it look like your tree has a face. And it's a little freaky. Okay. <laughs> that sounds very weird. It is. People decorate the weirdest things over here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's so strange. Some people even get like little arms to put on the sides. And it's like, it's creepy. I'm like, I don't yeah. want some magic spell to bring these things to life. <laughs> and chase me down the street. A bit terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, okay. So as far as the characters go, how relatable are them to, are they to you? Like how relatable all these characters are to you? Like, do you, do you relate to Yads? Do you like to Maritza? Who do you probably relate to the most? I, to do that, all of them, I think it was incredibly well, well written. All of the characters kind of really, you felt something for each of them and it was very relatable to each of them. Um, I do think Yadra was my favorite though, by far. Um, just the way he was just so relatable, I think, to, to everything. I mean, I'm not a trans man, but I think everyone can relate to wanting to be kind of accepted and wanting people to see kind of who you are and um, what you can do. And I think that's just relatable to, to anyone. Everyone wants people to see them for the person that they actually they're, are. Yeah, their um, true selves. Yeah, exactly. So I think, and there was kind of so many kind of issues throughout where we really kind of felt for him and really wanted him to be accepted, especially with his um, dad and the rest of the family. And I mean, thankfully I have a great relationship with my, um, with my family. Um, so it's never been anything kind of like that. Um, but you just want people to see you kind of doing 
what you want to do and kind of being the best version of you. And so just kind of seeing his family not accepting him for kind of who he was um, really made you kind of feel for him and um, kind of relate to it really in quite a, a difficult way sometimes. And yeah. it's really kind of heartbreaking moments when um, with like people like misgendering him and stuff. It was... Oh, yeah. Um, was like his abuelita. When she she yeah. does it once and it's like there's like it's early on in the book and his abuelita his grandmother calls him his quote dead name we don't hear it yeah which I thought I was liked, neat I liked that they they never said that yeah they just they mentioned he called him my dead name and Yadriel yeah. just snaps and like basically just like chews her out you know only to you know like and she quickly corrects herself like, I'm sorry I'm sorry he he you know or yeah Yadriel you know. And, yeah. um, but then like flips it around and does that passive aggressive thing where it's like, but you'll always be my little girl. It's like, yeah. you bitch, <laughs> why did you have to do that? You know, yeah. it was uncalled for and it was just kind of like, I'm undermining you. But then, so it's like this whole becoming a brujo thing. It's kind of like, you know what? This is validation. This is like, yeah. no, no, no. Like the gods are saying, no, yeah. I am a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you better start calling me my my gift, my chosen name for yeah. who I am. And I just yeah. thought that was really cool. Definitely, yeah. Really another th- another thing I thought was really neat was it wasn't just a, a Latin community of one from from one um, line or one um, uh, nationality. Excuse me. You know, yeah. It wasn't just one nationality. Like Yadriel's father's side is Cuban. Um, his cousin Maritza is part Haitian and on her, fa- her father's side and Puerto Rican on her mother's side, which I'm guessing Yad's mom is probably Puerto Rican. So, I'm guessing yeah. they don't really say it, uh, nah. but that's what I'm guessing just how it's set up. Yeah. And like Julian's family is Colombian. So yeah. I thought that was really cool how they mixed it up. And I just watched in the Heights on, uh. um, Really want to watch that. Oh, it's really good. So get ready to watch it. It's really good. But they have a lot of like, you know, crossover too, as far as different nationalities, but everybody's so supportive of each other, you know? Um, It's just really cool. I really, I like that sense of community, no matter where you're from, but they're all Latin, but you know what I mean? It's just like, they don't really, they don't care about, oh, you're from this country. So you're like this, you know, they don't do that, you know? Yeah. That's cool. I think white people did that a lot. Yeah. Definitely. We did it a lot, like with the Irish, you know, with Jewish people, with, you know, just different types of white people. We just keep trying to separate each other. I don't know why. Why do we do that? No. We we suck as far as I can is concerned. Yeah. Why do we keep doing that? that? Yeah. We is the royal we, not me personally, by the way, yeah. or, or Paul. <laughs> we is an, a community of white people in general. Um. Anyway, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I am Irish, so <laughs> for the most part, Irish and English, hence my last name. Um, anyway, so yeah, but I think there's a very good mix of varying Latin lineage going on. Yeah. Um, how much do you know of the Latinx culture when it comes to like Day of the Dead and maybe Bru- the Brujex? Hardly anything. Um, it would just be from like movies and. I don't think if you rent any of the books kind of about it before, it would just be kind of movies and other entertainment stuff before. Um, so yeah, there were lots of kind of words that I didn't know. I was kind of Googling throughout the book and me too. Of like the, the Spanish as well. Like I've never studied Spanish in my life. So some of that, when I kind of couldn't figure out what they were saying from context, I'd have to go away and what are they actually saying? So I did too. I'm um, thankfully I did have it on my Kindle. So I was able to highlight the words and it gave me the translation. 
Ah, that's good. Some of them were made up. So when I looked them up, I was like, well, this one's kind of like this (laughs) word. So I'm guessing that's how you say it or what it's about. Um, You know, but it's okay. You know, it's made up for as far as with a purpose. It's not just like we're random words. But um, have you ever seen True Blood? No. You never saw True Blood? Well, I only learned about Brujos via True Blood. Um, Have you ever seen Lucifer? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, anyway, there's an actor that's on both. It's, really about it. it's okay. It's great. I love that show. Um, Kevin Alejandro, he comes in on True Blood. He's also on Lucifer, um, but he comes in on Lu- uh, True Blood like one of the last couple seasons, and he plays a brujo and uh, a gay brujo, actually. It was really funny. But um, yes. yeah, he plays Detective Dan on Lucifer for anybody who's listening. Um, Lucifer calls him Detective Douche. So <laughs> you should watch the show. It's really good. It's on Netflix. Um, sounds good. Anyway, I just thought that I thought that was neat. I'd never learned about it. And so in that you learn that Brujo were witches and whatnot. And and they are somewhat in this, but they're not like casting spells, yeah. which is they're more like magical, not, you know, where they're trying yeah. to like, you know, solve everything, everyday problems with magic. They, you know, it's more about the dead and the deceased than anything. Yeah. But I find it interesting also that Maritza, his cousin, has no interest in being a Bruja even though it's like her yeah. birthright, you know, and she's apparently really good at it. She's extremely gifted. And that just, just shows how we, we all have to follow our own path, no matter what, like, yeah. you're really good at this. Like, I don't care. I don't like doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is not what I want to do, but yeah. you're really good. So, yeah. you know, that's like growing up, I was always extremely tall for my age. And everybody's like, you should be playing basketball. You should be, I don't, because you're so tall. I'm like, I hate basketball. Why do you want me to play basketball so badly? Like, you should. Yeah. Everybody I met growing up, every adult was always like, do you play basketball? No, why not? You should. No, I shouldn't because I'm not coordinated enough to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have anything like that that's ever happened to you? Any parents or anybody pushing you in one direction? You're like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. No, not particularly. No, I've just kind of always gone with the flow and then figured everything out later just taking everyone's <laughs> advice on to see where i end up and, and it's, worked, it's worked out all right for me in my life so far so well that's good right. good yeah. good good yeah just because you're born one way or naturally talented you know doesn't yeah. mean you have to do something for your whole life you know you can yeah, explore it though right. you know yeah. it's nice to be naturally gifted at something in case you need yeah, to use it right yeah <laughs> like i was naturally gifted at my brother was a baseball player Loved baseball. He actually went to the minor leagues, which is, you know, nice. pretty big deal for somebody. And, the, you know, and he actually got to pitch in the major leagues at one point, yeah. just, you know, cool. for a game or so. And I ended up being, I guess, because I was around it so much growing up. He's eight years older than me. Um, I, I was kind of naturally good at baseball a, a little yeah. bit because I guess I just knew I just knew how to do it. And um, growing up, but I didn't feel fit like I fit in with all the boys on the team. And they kind of ganged up on me and made fun of me. And that might have something to do with me being neurodivergent. That's, you know, they sent something and they just thought they could, you know, a weakling, they're going to prey on you, you know? So I ended up quitting the team after like two games because I didn't have anybody standing up for me. It was all on me, you know? And even the coach just let it happen because his son was also on the team. So what is he going to do, right? I'm like, you should scold your son. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Something. So that just wasn't my path to follow. Yeah. (laughs) I was only 11, you know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but after reading this this book, I actually had this strong urge to watch Coco, the Pixar movie. Oh, yes. 
I never saw that movie. Have you seen it? I've seen, I've never watched it all the way through. I think collectively over my life, I have seen all of it. Just not all in one sitting, which is weird. But that happens to me all the time. You walk in the room, you catch the middle and you come back and I saw this part already. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I never saw it. And I've heard so much about it and I I really kind of want to watch it, but then I want to wait till it's closer to Halloween that time of year, because I don't want to, I don't know. Maybe I'll go ahead and put it on after this. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Listeners can, if I should, let me know. <laughs> let me know if I should watch it now or if I should wait towards October. Let me know. So like I was saying earlier, the cover of the book looks like an animated movie poster, I think. If they made yeah. this into a movie, do you think it should be animated or do you think it should be live action? Or what would you like to see if they made it into a movie? Um, I think I'd really love to see it in live action. I think it'd be really cool with some of the supernatural stuff to see it actually real ish as opposed to animated um but it would still be pretty cool animated to be fair i just think any kind of movie tv with it would be if it looked like this like that cover i would love to see that animated i think it looks really nice and they could probably do a lot more with it too get away with a lot more yeah Yeah, Um, as far as the blood and whatnot and that way more kids could see it without being you know but i get what you're saying There's a movie that came out, I guess it was the late 90s, maybe the early 2000s. I can't remember what year, but it was called The Frighteners, and it had Michael J. Fox in it. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of ghosts and whatnot. He sees ghosts yeah. and, and trying to solve a murder and whatnot. It's, I think it was originally, I think it was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, and they decided, we'll just okay. make this its own separate movie. Yeah. Um, you should check it out. It's really neat. And he just has this gift of seeing the dead and trying to help them cross yeah. over. And everybody in town thinks he's nuts, but he sees the dead. Um, I kind of see it like that. Like everybody has this like glow to them. They're almost solid, but you could see through them just slightly. Yeah. Um, because that's why it's described, you know, and and it seems like maybe the ones that are been there the longest, they're not as solid, maybe they're kind yeah. of fading. I don't know. I just think it, I think of the scarier, bloodier parts would probably be easier to take an animated form anyway. <laughs> probably, yeah. But if you wanted to make it live action, you know, put a little disclaimer before it, whatever. Yeah, yeah I think so. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what what books are you planning on reading coming up? By the way, um, I'm just about to start reading Kate in Waiting. Oh, what's I'm that about? Forward to. Um, good question. Um, it's all about, it's like a high school book and like the drama department and it's like a love triangle, two best friends, just a generic high school. It seems like you're like me yeah. and we kind of <laughs> go towards the YA genre. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just almost a quick, easy read, isn't it? I don't, I do a lot of thinking in my day job. I don't want to think when I'm reading. I just want to sit and read and enjoy. Right, so you just want the story. Go ahead. Yeah, and get yeah, that's it. Yeah, Not too many descriptions of a damn tree or something. You know? No. No, just nice characters, nice plot. I'm all right. It feels like adult books can be like, I don't know, up their own ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I just find some of them really hard to read. It's like just been going on for ages. Like, I know. I'm like, no. I get it. I get it. Let's move the story forward, please. Yeah, definitely. yeah. That's another thing. Like, I don't think people realize. Um, there's a lot of snobby people. Like, oh, you read YA, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. You know why? Because I can get through a lot more books. I can get through a story. Yeah. You know. And I'm really getting into graphic novels now, too. So Yeah, same. Past couple of years, I've definitely started that and really enjoyed that as well. Just done it in the afternoon. So. Yeah, I think that YA is easier to read for everybody because we've all been teenagers. Yeah. And that experience yeah. overall, the awkwardness, the, you know, 
the, I don't know, the isolation in a way, because you feel, you know, like nobody understands you. And I think everybody has felt that in different, like adult books, that's completely different experiences for everybody. Because once you're an adult, you're out of the house, you go this direction or you go this direction, you know, but when you're a kid, you all pretty much have a basic experience of being at home, you know, for the most part, most people being at home, going to school, having friends, learning about yourself and your feelings and whatnot. And everybody's gone through that. I think that's the more relatable story. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I know it was a quick discussion, but thank you so much for joining me. I, I think it was so much fun to read this book, and I'm, I'm glad you no, did too. Right. I'm glad I pushed you <laughs> into reading it. Uh, no, it's good because I've been wanting to read it for ages because I don't think I've ever read a book with a trans main character. There's been a few with like secondary side characters. I mean, you've had the Heartstopper ones, and they've got a cool trans character. But I've always wanted to do one as a main, so and this has been one of the few that I can find, which is a shame. So definitely enjoyed it and we're looking up some more, I think. And it was, yeah. And it was nice that it, from the get go, from the word go, like it was always, there was no like gender flipping terminology. There was, it was always just, he is Yadriel and he does this. And there was no like, Oh, you know, even when the the only part we got was that when Abuelita says, you'll always be my little girl, which just was like a, it just, it hits you in the heart, you know? Yeah. Because you're like, why are you doing that to me? You say you love me, but you treat me like this, you know, and that's, it hurts. And I don't think people understand that and people don't understand trans people. And I'm like, I get it. I get, you don't get it because you don't feel that way. But then I had to tell them, I was having a conversation with my mom, you know, it's healthy debate, you know? And I said, mom, do you feel like a woman or a man? I feel like a woman. It's like, there you go. Now you know how a trans woman feels like. You feel like a woman. You feel like you're a woman. That's just how it is. You know? You know, you just feel it. You just feel it inside. Yeah. It's nothing to do with, and it, I get it. People just don't understand. And a lot of people have been coming out as trans and non-binary and, you know, and yeah. lately, especially, you know, and that's like when, you know, Ellen came out and all of a sudden a lot of people were coming out as gay. It was just like, because they felt safe enough to do it at that yeah. point. You know, they felt, I feel confident. There's more people. I feel like I can do this now. And a lot more people are more open to the idea of not being the a specific gender that they appear as, you know, and, yeah. or even, you know, either or gender, they could be in between like, you know, so I just, I don't know. People just don't get it. If you don't get it, then no, ask questions, try to look at it from a different angle. Stop yeah. being a jerk about it. I don't know. That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, thank you again for joining me, Paul. No, thank you. You are awesome. Um, I That's love your voice, fun. by the way. I love your accent. And oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so if you want to find Paul on Instagram, again, his name is at Paul in paperback. Uh, really good guy. He's read a lot of great books, a lot of great ones, especially like the Heartstopper series, which I just did that episode on. Did you listen to that, by the way? I haven't yet. No. You should. <laughs> yeah. Self-promo. Can't help it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
thank you again to Shelly Toy, Stephen Trigar, and Gliza for their generosity in sponsoring the show. Please check out buymeacoffee.com slash DustinCanRead to learn how you can become a sponsor and be mentioned on an episode. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me via Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at DustinCanRead. You can also reach me via email at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes. And again, please consider giving a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It helps podcasters get noticed by our listeners. And, you know, it's just nice to hear back from our audience. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, Dustin can read. Get you a little more, get you a more spooky atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, the spirit of Halloween for once. (laughs) Yeah.